Welcome to another episode of the Life Group Leader Podcast. We're so grateful to have all of you Life Group Leaders and Apprentices joining us on this episode. And just a reminder, as always, here at Compass, we exist to make disciples of Jesus Christ by reaching people for Christ, teaching people to be like Christ, and training people to serve Christ. And everything we do here at Compass, including this podcast, is to fulfill the mission of reaching, teaching, and training. Well, leaders, we are getting close to landing the plane in our Sermon on the Mount series entitled The Countercultural Kingdom. And here, in one of the final sermons uh, in this series, we have the topic of identifying false teachers from Matthew 7, verses 15 through 20. Let me read that for you. It says there, To beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognize them by their fruits. And the preaching point from this text is that knowing false teachers exist today should put every believer on high alert to inspect the teachings and lifestyles of those who claim to speak on God's behalf. And this uh, was fleshed out in three points. Number one, we need to be aware of their existence, that is, false teachers. We need to be aware that they are, they are around, that they exist and number two, we need to be watchful for their presence, uh, like the illustration, the vivid illustration of the elderly lady and the alligator uh, that I shared in uh, the sermon. It's not just enough for us to know that they are around. We need to be watchful for their activity in our lives and in our churches. And thirdly, we need to know how to identify them. There has to be uh, a process. There has to be a discernment on our part about how we can help people uh, and ourselves identify false teachers around us that we would not be susceptible to their teachings and influence in our lives, and we would be able to help guide other people in discerning and identifying false teachers around them as well. Uh, so much to talk about in uh, a subject such as this. Uh, but we can think about uh, some, uh, perhaps some things that might be helpful for you as you are leading your group this week. Um, I hope that the sermon was clear and concise enough to help you think through uh, what it looks like to be aware of their existence, be watchful for their presence, and know how to identify them. But I want to also think through a couple of nuances that Pastor Evan and I thought would be helpful for you. Uh, and, and one of those nuances is how can we be careful, uh, because we need to be careful. I mean, the term false teacher, I mean, that's, that's a large condemnation. I mean, we're, we're saying in Scripture that false teachers are going to uh, meet a destiny incongruent to the message that they're preaching. And so if we're calling people false teachers, Scripture tells us that they're heading for eternal destruction. And so we have to be careful who we call false teachers, because what we're, we're saying about them fundamentally is they're heading to hell. And we got to be sure that we aren't uh, verbally condemning people who are different in their theological uh, convictions than us, and yet calling them false teachers. I mean, we, we see this uh, with very uh, solid 
preachers and teachers, even in our own day, who are true expositors of the Word of God, but yet their beliefs are different in certain areas. I mean, I just I think of uh, the late R.C. Sproul, right, who uh, is uh, historically reformed. He holds to different views of uh, the end times. He holds to different uh, view of baptism. He holds to a different uh, view of uh, interpreting the scriptures. Uh, he doesn't believe. He believes the church has replaced Israel, those kind of things. And we have to ask, well, if he preaches a sermon and, 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 we, and I preach a sermon, or if R.C. Sproul preached a sermon and John MacArthur preached a sermon, uh, depending on the text, they're going to come to two completely different applications for us. And that is something to remember, that we can say that both R.C. Sproul and John MacArthur are both solid biblical teachers, but they have different convictions about certain aspects of doctrine and scripture, and they will interpret it likewise. I think somebody that you guys know, uh, Vodi Bakum, he has a different view on end times. He also has a different view, practically speaking, of how the church should be modeled. And although that we're going to disagree with him, we're also going to say that he's a solid Bible teacher, well within the confines of orthodoxy, uh, which is, is a lot of people. And we have to really think about those kinds of people because there are people uh, that are orthodox that can hold within Christian orthodoxy uh, very different views about certain aspects, things that you probably hold very strong convictions on, like baptism. R.C. Sproul would, would baptize babies. Are you going to baptize babies? You're not. But are you going to call R.C. Sproul a false teacher because he believes in pedo-baptism? You see, we have to be careful. And as life group leaders and apprentices, it's going to be important for you guys to help uh, your life groups be careful in their discernment. Right? We don't, like even in the sermon, we don't want to uh, call people that we don't like false teachers just because we don't like them. And we don't want to call people false teachers just because they have differing theology uh, in, in, in certain areas. Now, are we talking about the, the person and work of Jesus Christ? Are we thinking about theology proper, our view about God and the Holy Spirit? I mean, we're thinking about these first-tier issues of saying, is Jesus God? Is Jesus' sacrifice on the cross sufficient for salvation? Uh, does the Holy Spirit... Uh, proceed from the Father as the third person of the triune Godhead. I mean, those are really important aspects. Okay, if we're differing from those things, we have to say, well, there's there's false teaching involved in this. If there are other aspects, uh, we may call them tier two or tier three issues, uh, which I get it when we talk about doctrine and theology and we talk about the Bible, you know, you can argue, well, there are no tier two and tier three issues, but we just need to be careful because you're going to understand all solid Bible teachers are going to tell you that there are certain doctrines that we all have to align with if we are going to be Orthodox Christians, yet there are many other areas that we're going to, we can hold to different beliefs and still be considered uh, Orthodox, Biblical, uh, and uh, Expository.
And we have to be careful as leaders to help our groups distinguish between false teachers and those who may have a different uh, theology than we do. And yeah, is that line, can that line, at some point that line is going to be thin and that line is going to be hard to discern, but it's still the work of, uh, of the, the mature discerning Christian. Uh, a lot of times, as a matter of fact, for the most part, in principle, that's not hard to discern. But there, there are going to be instances where that is going to be much more hard to discern. Uh, we've got a lot of questions at the Equip podcast that I think is going to uh, help you guys, as well as the rest of our church, think through uh, those kind of topics just like that. But uh, So I want to encourage you to definitely listen to the Equip podcast because there's a lot of questions people have. Uh, but even as we get into the application questions, I want to think back to our training this last week on the art of asking good questions. And I want us to think through these application questions in a way that will help those in our groups apply uh, the sermon and the text to their uh, to their walk and to their faith. And I want us to think about uh, not only how they can, like I always say, commentate on the question, but how can they can get to the, how can they can get to the actual meaning of the question that gets to the heart of their life? Uh, you know, I think even question number three wants us to read Luke 6 and Jude uh, verses 11 through 21 and ask, what are some indicators that help you discern the true identity of false teachers? I think if you look at those two verses and then you look at Titus and Timothy when it talks about the qualifications of pastors, elders, that I think we really can get a lot of our life group involved in this discussion of you know, how can we use Scripture to identify false teachers? And how can we, for instance, uh, how can we differentiate from people who don't agree with us about certain tier two doctrines, maybe like R.C. Sproul or Vody Bauckham, uh, and them compared to a Benny Hinn, a Joel Osteen, a Kenneth Copeland, a, a Todd White, uh, maybe like the Roman Catholic Church, or maybe the Jehovah's Witness, or maybe uh, Christian Science. Like, okay, how, how do we help our life groups discern between good Bible teachers who hold the different theological convictions that we would, that we could do missions and much ministry with, but we wouldn't be able to fellowship in the same congregation versus other individuals and uh, other cults that we would say, you got to stay far, far, far away from these people. And you should not center their teaching. You should not have anything to do with the people associating with those kinds of teachers. But yet we could still, with people like R.C. Sproul, who has a, just a wonderful ability and gift to, to expound on Scripture in depth in a way that we can understand, but, in, uh, but in also in a way that you're like, I need to learn more. Uh, but yet we're going to say his historically reformed positions on things like baptism and the Lord's Supper uh, and supersessionism, replacement theology, eschatology. We're going to say probably not the person that uh, you want to listen to if you uh, want to uh, learn more about what you, if you're going to compass particularly what you believe. Maybe you should listen to people uh, like, uh, you know, your John MacArthur's of the world or your, you know, older people like your D.L. Moody's and uh, you know, th those kinds of people are going to help you come to uh, 
a firm understanding of these other theological distinctions uh, that we, even in Orthodox Christianity, are going to be able to differentiate as uh, necessary to claim orthodoxy, to say we can all be biblical and we can all be uh, excellent exegetes of Scripture and come to some differing theological distinctions, but yet we can't get to this place of uh, not preaching the whole counsel of God, not getting to the literal, grammatical, historical uh, foundation of Scripture and then applying that to our lives. Uh, we're going to reject things like a prosperity gospel. We're going to reject things like a social gospel uh, because those are no biblical gospels at all. We want people who are going to preach Christ and Him crucified and the salvation that comes through Him and the judgment to come, which you don't hear from people like Benny and Joel and Kenneth and Todd. Uh, you don't hear that kind of message. You hear a lot of, if you do this thing, lots of other good things are going to happen. Or if you just have more faith, uh, a lot of the things that you want to happen are going to happen. And we're going to say that sounds like a lot of the false prophets that we see in Jeremiah and Ezekiel uh, and the, the kinds of people that we're warned about in Scripture, even in the New Testament, that are going to, uh, that are going to be attractive to people who just want to have their ears tickled uh, instead of actually uh, finding people who are teaching what accords to sound doctrine like Second Timothy 4 teaches. So I think that's going to be helpful for you guys. And, and even that, I mean, I just looked at question three, and then I pulled some of the other uh, verses from question five, and we got into a lot of stuff there. And so I believe that as you got, if you guys slow down and help your group think through these uh, questions, you're going to get very deep, very quick, and really uh, the, uh, the challenge in your group this week is to not get caught off in rabbit trails, but to sit deep in helping them be aware of false teachers and understanding to how they can ex inspect the teachings and lifestyles of these people who claim to speak on God's behalf. And so really, I'm telling you, if you're somebody, maybe you're a little bit hesitant about this, stick to question three and five and six. I like number six, too, because it brings it home to us. Uh, you're going to find yourself in a wonderful conversation. Uh, but, of course, I believe all of these would be helpful for you. Uh, but I want to give you that encouragement to uh, also apply our training from this last Sunday of man, the art of asking good questions like Christ. I think there's a lot of ways we can ask questions to get to the heart of uh, people's intentions and motives and really get them walking faithfully, get them taking their next steps in faith because of the clarity that they have received from uh, your leadership. All right, Life Group Leaders, uh, I hope that was at least helpful as we get started. Again, I want to encourage you to hop over to the uh, Compass Equip podcast as we start going over the Q&As that were submitted to us this week. But before that, there's a couple of announcements. We have our women's breakfast coming up this Saturday where uh, Kayla will be uh, teaching you gals uh, from the book of James. And we're going to talk about the goodness of God, his providential care, his immutability, his unchanging nature. Uh, and, and really what that means concerning his promises and the ultimate redemption that uh, we can look forward to because of the faithfulness and immutability of God. So I really am looking forward to you gals getting together this Saturday from 9 to 11 there at the church building. We have our prayer night the very next day from 5 to 6.30 p.m. We're going to get together. We're going to pray hard about things that we want God to do and the things that we know would not happen if God 
did not answer those prayers. We'll also give you some updates and things that God's doing at our church that we think would be encouraging for you guys to be aware of. Also, we have our final Exploring Compass coming up on November the 12th and the 19th. A lot of people registering, which we love that, and we want to encourage you, if you have anybody who needs to register, that you would let them know that we have our last Exploring Compass of the Year coming up. We'd love to see them attending. A lot of other things coming up that we're going to give you more details and explicit announcements, but just a quick rundown of some things coming up this, you know, as we get closer to December, we obviously have our women's Christmas coffee, our annual women's Christmas coffee coming up, which is just going to be a wonderful uh, an event. We are hoping that there would be you know, 150, 200 women at this event. So make sure you get ready for that announcement. Get ready to invite other women to join you for that. We also have a special guest preacher coming in a few weeks Chris McKinney will be coming, uh, and uh, he's a biblical archaeologist, and he's going to preach and teach on the archaeological evidence of the Bethlehem account in in Luke. And so I think that's going to be a really, really cool, interesting uh, sermon. And I just think you guys, uh, as we get the information out, should really invite people to come hear a biblical archaeologist talk about how we can have in Scripture uh, evidenced in uh, real uh, archaeological digs that, that are going on right now in the Holy Land. We have our Christmas celebration coming up. We have one of our major celebrations coming up in December, so just keep that in your mind. Kids Christmas Choir is coming up. We have a serve team celebration also in December, and our Christian our Christmas Eve service is actually on a Sunday this next year, and we're going to have two services at 9 and 11 a.m., just like a normal Sunday, but we want you to just uh, keep those things uh, there in your mind, so when we... Uh, when we uh, disseminate our Christmas at Compass information, you'll have all of this information uh, on there with all of the details. But uh, those are some things you can look forward to over the next couple of months, particularly in the month of December. But until next time, Life Group leaders, you uh, stay faithful. Uh, I love the text that I was, you know, reading to you guys at the training of um, you know, live a quiet life. You know, mind your own business. Basically, what it says: work hard. Uh, and be faithful unto the Lord. And and I love that text because it just reminds us of the kind of constancy and the kind of commitment of regular godly living uh, in the midst of a really busy world. And uh, faithfulness looks like uh, a kind of constant, consistent faithfulness over time. So I just want to encourage you guys with that, and we'll look forward to seeing you guys next week.